That's like working at a company with all black people and all the managers are white. They don't really understand you. They don't understand your culture. They don't understand what, what you're experiencing, you know, like in order yeah. to like create the, the laws or rules that would support you or, you know, your community. You want another wild example of exploitation and just take it off a of race, for example? When you think about like yeah. college collegiate sports and you think about oh, the, forget the, it. the yes. revenue generated okay. from collegiate sports. Yes, they get the, nothing. And those kids get damn near Legally. like Zero. food vouchers and shit. Like, <laughs> they busting their ass for a multi-billion dollar industry and they are getting yes. nothing. Maybe free room and board. Nothing. But The Sophisticatedly Ratchet podcast is a roundtable formatted conversational podcast about any and everything. Six black queens and kings from New York City. Sharing our views on black lifestyle, culture, relationships, religion, and current events. Here at SR, we strive to give our listeners the real in a world of fake. Worldly professionals with class that also know how to switch it up. Now let's talk our wild shit. All right, all right. Get it. Hi and hello, everyone. Welcome to Sophisticatedly Ratchet. I'm Slot Boogie. I'm your moderator today. And allow me to introduce my team, which I hope you already know by now, but we're going to run them down. We're going to start it off with our philosopher, Flash. What's good, King? What up, Boogie? What's good? We're going to lead next with our ladies. What's going on, TJ? How are you? What up, Boogie? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Mo, say what's up, everybody. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Mo. How y'all doing out there? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I'm going to start it off to my boy, Shake. What's going on, King? How you? The Wanderer, he's a... I'm here, baby. And we're going to say the best for last in this scenario, my brother, Spew God. Yeah. I'm not going to say it, but you can definitely say it. Please say the motherfucking drip, drip, my nigga. <laughs> yeah, what's good, everybody? Mash, a.k.a. Spew God, trip, trip. Please say the drip, trip. Don't say it at all. If you're not going to say it, respect my shit. Thank you. Peace, everybody. Um, anyway, with all of us already going through 2021, we all know in some way or another how we as people have been taking advantage of a society and culture and continue to adore it. With regards to black people, we have pioneered the culture for generations with regard to art, music, and sports, but we are still confined to positions of players versus being an owner. So I kind of wanted to have a conversation around that aspect, of kind of the exploitation aspect of that. And we're going to start it off with some burner questions. So team, bring, bring the cards out. Let me know when y'all ready. Ready. I am trying to resist the urge to t- like not say that Y'all should have been had your burner cards. Fuck wrong with y'all, but I'm trying to like resist the urge to say some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, keep that shit to yourself then, nigga. All right, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I, I know Mo gets serious because Mo took her shirt off. Mo about to get serious. All right. Ooh. <laughs> Mo took her top I off. Like she about that. to scrap. How you take your top off and keep your scully on? You such a real nigga. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just to um, nigga, just give everybody some context, just in case you don't have any. To start... Exploitation is the act of selfishly taking advantage of someone or a group of people in order to profit from them or otherwise benefit oneself. Uh, just keep that in, in mind in terms of the conversation. So we're going to start it off with the first burner question. Um, and keep in mind that most major league sports have people of color is mostly players versus owners. So 
Burner question number one would be, would it be better for sports in general to have more diversity and ownership positions? This is a no-brainer in my opinion. Now, everybody got a uh, hell yeah. Except me. I have like what happened was because I, I, for some reason, I think that like, obviously I know that like more diversity is good, clearly, but I feel like, I don't know, too much diversity. I'm not sure. You have so much competing ideas and I don't know. It's kind of starts being about working together versus everyone trying to compete for like their ideas to kind of push through. I, I don't know. That's how I feel like it is nowadays in terms of, I don't know. Wait, explain that a little bit more. Yeah. Explain that. I'm just saying, if it was all diverse, I'm not trying to say it would be perfect. That's all. That's how, that. That's that's what I want to make clear. In my all right. Opinion, so so so. All right. So if it wasn't diverse, how do you how do you get representation from like certain cultures of people? If it's not diverse, you're leaving out a whole group of people. Like if you don't have like the most diverse team possible in like today's work workplaces. I feel like I'm saying it wrong. Like when I'm saying like I'm thinking like I'm thinking of like NBA or something like that. If it was. I don't know if NBA is a good example, but I'm thinking about the NBA if it was all diverse, like all the owners for all the major teams was of different cultures, ethnicities, et cetera. It may seem like okay. a good thing, and I'm sure, pretty sure it would, but I, I, sometimes I think I feel like there would be more competition. In what ways would that be negative? In, in, between the owners because of their ideas, because of their different cultures and backgrounds versus wanting to work together. Mm. That's what I think about um, too much diversity as a whole. Like, like, well, to, like, to I me, guess, that's I the... Guess. To me, that's the beauty of it because to be diverse and to come up, right, to be diverse. And yes, it Amen. should be diversity. It shouldn't just be um, Caucasian people that own the team. You know, there's black people out there who identify um, with the players as well, just like it may be a Spanish owner who may identify with someone who's Hispanic. So yes, it should be diversity because you want to bring different stuff to any team that, that, that you deal with and so that you can see another side. So I definitely think it should be diverse. That's just my opinion. No, I feel you. Now, that's the thing. I feel like I'm speaking from like a worst case scenario kind of perspective. It definitely seems pessimistic, but that is a feeling I have, just the, just the way that... You feel like people would be in like deadlock if um there was like too much diversity? Maybe, you know, this guy right here want to have Taco Tuesdays and they're like, nah, we can't do that. This is the NBA. No, I'm, I'm thinking of something more like practical, but I wouldn't say deadlock. I just say it'd be more argumentative, but I wouldn't say that there wouldn't be ways to find solutions, gotcha. but... I feel like teamwork would not be the priority in that kind of, in a scenario. For me, that's just my feeling. But I do believe, again, diversity is important and needed. So I don't want to make it seem like we don't, like, I would not want that. I just feel like 100% diversity is not going to be, like, perfect. But again, that's just my what, feeling. Yo, 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 what does 100% diversity look like to you? Every single culture representative, like, represented in, in, in some sort of major sports organization. I feel like that would be 100% divorce, like like every checkbox filled. How would that ever be a bad thing? I'm just thinking about like ownership positions. You can push ideas and I'm not sure. Again, like it just goes back to I don't think that teamwork would be the kind of dynamic between all the owners. I feel like it would be more competition, like for them to kind of like for their personal agendas. But I, I get no topic because it's like, like, uh, that's just. I, wait, no, no, that's not a topic. That's not a topic. I just got a couple couple of questions in regards to that, right? So if you're part of an organization, there's rules for the organization no matter what. No matter who owns the organization, there are rules that apply for that. Mm-hmm. And there there's always guidelines. flexibility to, to push agendas and ideas or whatever. There's always opportunities for but, things. But that's just my thing, right? So if you have a if you have rules and guidelines in place and you have one group of people who've been making those rules and guidelines, it's gonna look one way. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you have only a group of people that looks one way making the rules, it's harder to make it diverse for the different type of people who have to follow those rules. You know, so the more people who are in place who can have the representation that's necessary, 
to positively affect those people, that's what you would like to encourage. But like the question had Flash had asked was, how could it be negative? Cultural diversity allows for different perspectives to influence those basic rules that were initially installed. So it may improve it. It may make it worse, but it also causes conversation for it to change. So cultural diversity gives that, you know, influence to organizations. Yeah, I look at the I look at the NBA and whoever decided to allow the NBA to have like Black Lives Matter and, you know, have them change the tour buses and all the other stuff that they've been doing. Like, I love that. And I don't think I mean, I'm hoping that that came from, you know, like the overall league and, and some of the owners saying, yeah, this is a good idea that we do this. Because I know in the NFL, like they hated the fact that Kaepernick kneeled, you know what I mean? And they wanted to get rid of him as as the owners, you know, so I would love to see diversity. I would love to see women owning even male sports. You know, there should be a seat at the table for everybody. Why not? Why not have everybody represented in a leadership role? I'd like to see more female coaches in sports because I feel like female coaches are something that are new to like. Well, mm-hmm. not not particularly new. It's it, WNBA have has always had female coaches. College sports has always had female coaches, but not as common though. Right. I would right. I would like to see more of it. Would you be open to a female coach on an NBA team? No. What? Of course, a hundred percent. I don't want to like get too sidetracked because I, I, I like in terms of the perspective that I'm trying to like provide. It's it's like in terms of like Black Lives Matter and all that. We of course are acknowledge and recognize and respect that we all do like just based on our experiences as black as black people. I'm thinking about in terms of like like say in this I guess in my hypothetical, a 100% diverse structure. Maybe someone would come by and start saying, "Hey, uh, all I don't know Iraqi lives matter." Hypothetically speaking, all Iraqi lives matter because they of a particular incident that happens in their home area. And what happens if another culture felt that that platform was the way to do that? It kind of distracts from the NBA at that point. If multiple cultures, if it, if it was just not us, Black Lives Matter, but other cultures coming in that as well. That's that's I don't. That's a healthy distraction, in my opinion. Yeah, not whatever, really. When you think about just playing there. basketball, like yeah. if you had multiple types of that, I feel like then it's, it's like about promoting awareness. You, you do like I do feel like remember some people do come to like watch basketball. My nigga, if you how can you just play basketball if you have people that are going to represent these same countries and even the shit that happened with um I forgot Paris or whatever something had like a little bombing or something like that. And if you got these type of players bro. in your league, it was what. It wasn't little, bro. A lot of people lost their lives. Uh, right, but... I, I feel like everyone's trying... Like, I'm not trying to suggest whether it's a good or a bad thing. I feel like that that's not the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying to say that in terms of uh, all these cultures in that type of situation, it creates a dynamic of more competition. Like, if you think about it, like, people are... Like, it gets more political. People not watching it for basketball. There's agendas and all that shit involved. That's all. That's that's all I'm trying to make in terms of that point. But I'm not trying to say that that's bad or something like that in terms of more diversity. Heck no. I'm just not trying to say I'm trying, but I am trying to say it's not perfect. You're saying the focus will now be taken off of basketball in a sense, but will be taken off of that sport yeah, that, because of everybody because of that, everything else that's going on within. Yeah, that's why know, my response was like, "What it happened was not really nah." That's exactly how they felt with the NFL with Kaepernick, and it was a good distraction. That's a good point. Good counter. I think it's important to keep in mind that when you have representation, it it it's it's all about representation. So if you have all Iraqi. The same hypothetical you gave, Boogie. You have Black right. Lives Matter, and then you have all Iraqi Lives Matter. They probably do to the owners of, of Iraqi yes, the organization. You know, they matter and, to them. And I'm not saying that they don't, but it's like in terms of like, you know, in terms of then more, more like all Latin Lives Matter or whatever, hold on, whatever. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The, the, point, the point that I want to make is that 
we promote all different type of things, subconsciously and consciously. Like the same way soda and advertisements of products are advertised by organizations, that, that same 15-second clip that you take off for a, for, for a commercial for fucking some pharmaceutical company, you would just take off to say, oh, Iraqi lives matter. It wouldn't be that crazy as you would think it is if things were just cool. Like everyone was diverse. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be such a, a far-fetched idea if we lived in a society where that was regular. But since it isn't regular, it's like that is that's that issue is overshadowing my issue. And because it overshadows my issue, I don't like it versus that is an issue. And we should know about it because it affects people who work here. You know what I'm saying? Yes and no, brother. That's fine. And I like I mean, you get some of it. You yeah, I, I think that's important as well. Anyway, moving on to the next question. Knowing what you know about how the industry treats child actors and like, for example, I want to reference Macaulay Culkin. Amanda Bynes and Lindsay Lohan in terms of like their ups and downs coming up in the um, industry. Would you allow your child to be a movie star? The child movie star in reference. Hell yeah. Hold up. Where my, where my, where my card at? Yeah, get your cards. Get your cards. All right. So we got, oh, I'm still waiting on one more. Hmm. All right. So we got Flash and Shake saying yeah. Mad saying sophisticatedly ratchet. TJ saying, yeah. Mo saying it's complicated. And I'm just like, it's what that happened was. It's complicated as well. So, Mass, why is this sophisticatedly ratchet? Because you said if I would allow them, if that was their passion, if, I, if my kid knew at a young age that, yo, dad, I'm going to be the next dude on TV that you see. I'm like, all right, yo, let's mm-hmm. do it. And I would do my best to put the best people around them to help them be successful, you know. I wouldn't, I would want to try to nurture that, that gift. So that's why I say this kid ratchet, if they really wanted to do it. But if I was like a parent who would just manipulate my kids for success, like that's different. I wouldn't do it if, if my kid was at risk just for some money. In terms of like drug use in a way, like, I guess children are manipulated in in that, in that kind of industry. You wouldn't be concerned about that? I would be concerned about it. I guess predators, I guess that, that kind of prey on kids like that. I think that that's across the board. But like I said, I've put the right people around my child. I wouldn't. I would be less concerned about that, knowing that, you know, these people going to look out for them. They got their best, best interest in mind. You know, he's not going to have them all fucked up. That's important to me. I agree with Mash. That's why I have put it. It's complicated. Um, the same thing. If my child had a passion for it and really this is like, mom, what I really want to do. Absolutely. Because as a parent, and I understand, even if I don't know the industry like that, I'm going to make sure that the right people is around my child. I'm not going to allow anybody to take advantage of my, my, take advantage of my child. You know, in regards, I know you mentioned drugs, you know, obviously when they're adult, you know, they can do what they want to do. But I'm talking about as far as being an underage child, no, I'm all hands on deck. Okay. To, to ensure that my child's getting the quality, you know, to ensure that my child's getting the quality oversight that he or she needs or whatever may have you. But like Mary said, for me, like if I, if I feel like my child has a ta- talent, and maybe my child does, but they're not into it, they're like, yeah, but I don't feel like it, but I'm pushing my child, then no. Because to me, that's when the child will kind of deteriorate now and may pick up doing these habits because now they're trying to mask this, like, damn, I really don't want to do this, and I'm forced to do this, and now they got more pressure because my mom wants me to do this, and you know what I mean? So that's why I put it. It's complicated for me. Which is weird to me because I, I agree with Mash and Mo, and my answer is yes. Like, if my child is passionate about doing this and is really like, this is really what I want to do, mom, please help me. Of course, I'm going to support them, guide them, protect them throughout it. And yeah, the people that you mentioned, like the Lindsay Lohans, the Macaulay Calkins, 
And a lot of these child actors sometimes don't end up doing well after, but there's some that do, you know, like, Mm -hmm. so there's two sides of it. And yeah, there is drug use. There is alcoholism. There is child abuse. You know, some kids that are just damn near spoiled as shit. You know what I'm saying? I feel feel like it creates a different lifestyle. It all exists. I'm sure it can. I'm sure it can. Like I'm thinking about something like a commercial. A commercial to me don't seem like 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 really big, but in terms of like Home Alone, like a starring movie featuring a kid, I feel like that's big in terms of like like production time and all the energy that goes around it. That would be something I'd be scared about, you know, a, a, as a parent. I would never be scared. I'd be there to protect I mean, my child. No, I mean like it, it, nah. I mean we say but that, you- but that kind of production film, you know, that takes months in terms of filming all that. That's a lot of like energy put in terms of like like supervising and all that. So. That's why I feel like a commercial maybe would be a small amount of time. Nigga, I, you, you speaking on all like the bad shit, my nigga. Me and my child, me and my child gonna get to the bag, yeah. my nigga. That's realistic. That's <laughs> me and my child get into the bag, my nigga. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that to say that I would consider it. Like my response to what happened was because I would have to consider things like that. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to say I'd be hesitating. But also but, use, nigga. but also use the example, use the example of a Kiki Palmer, who's been a childhood star and is doing well. You know, a Raven Simone. Who a childhood star, but they progressed as well. Kyla Pratt, you know what Dang. I mean. She was, you know, she was doing. She, she was a childhood star and did well. Even as, like Elizabeth Olsen, well. you know, playing Scarlet Witch right now. Mm-hmm. There's definitely good examples. So, it's just that I feel like there are plenty of bad examples to as cautionary tales and shit. Absolutely, but it depends on the. Team I think there's more you. good and bad. I know that much because mm-hmm. if there was too, if there was right. too much bad results coming from child actors, that scene would disappear. So they do, they doing well off. Trust me. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, children in general could go down a bad path, whether it's um, whether they're in acting or they're celebrities or not. So it's up to you as the parent to try to help them or, or try to guide them in the right direction and make sure they don't end up on that path. So it's not necessarily this, this. I know there's a lot of drug use and all kinds of vices that come with the celebrity life. But let's be honest that these vices come with regular life and you got as a parent, you just have to help guide them in the right direction. Right. I agree with that. I feel you, brother. Yeah. Where drugs just don't disappear once you make it to Disney, my nigga. (laughs) It's still around. (laughs) (laughs) If you ain't part of Disney, that's a fact. (laughs) Yeah. Like even if you were successful, right? Like your kid is living a different life because, you know, you're mm-hmm. privileged, you have a different, you're experiencing, they're experiencing a different life where they mm-hmm. have access to drugs and shit like that. They can still do the same shit without being the mm-hmm. celebrity child. Yeah. That's All right, sorry. Go ahead, moderator. Yeah, I know you're trying to move absolutely. on. No, no, I was listening. You good. But we're going to move on to this talking point and let's have a general talk. And I just want to add, like, in terms of like currently, how do you feel in terms of how are black people exploited in music and movies? Kind of a side question. If if you even feel that yeah. they're like black people being exploited Yo, in music um, movies nowadays, no, so I was so, so I was watching the new edition um, movie like last year. I think it was like year, a year or two ago it came out. It was so and good. I, I just it was really good. I distinctly remember the part where they had been at the top of the charts like three or four times, and the parents are coming to the um are coming to the uh, their manager, manager like, "Yo, where's the where's the money?" Like what? Right. They they still they living in the projects. The three, they four still times, and we still living in. And I feel like this is a regular thing that happens with black artists: is that 
you know, these producers and these labels mm-hmm. and, 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 and all kinds of like, I guess, I, I don't know who all the people who who's involved with entertainment, but they're all taking their money. Like everybody's yeah, making they put them money in crappy contracts. Co- yeah, crappy exactly. contracts no, that never yeah. benefit like them. I'm, right. Like I That's was just watching. I was just watching literally last night, biopic, Salt and Pepper. And Herbie mm-hmm. Lovebug was their producer and their manager, or whatever. And they went to the record label. And he was getting, I don't know if it was just like it was the number six, for example. He was getting six. And Cheryl and Sandy, which is Salt and Pepper, were getting three. So they had six, but they were splitting. So she got three and she got three. So they didn't even get six apiece. And it's like, why the hell aren't they getting six apiece? And it took them through somebody that Pepper met. When he looked over everything, he was like, no, like y'all are getting, that's not how it's supposed to be. Each of you should be getting six. six but Cheryl and, knew that from the beginning, though, and Cheryl, Mo, if you right. look at the biopic. I know, no, she knew that, but she she did know because she got six and Herbie got six. But Cheryl split it with Pepper because she was like, it's not right for her to get nothing. Yeah. But they went back to the table together and they got um and they got offered, you know, more money. But that's the shit that they used to do. Even I remember even in the Biggie movie, and I forgot how much it was, and and it was like, you know, I think Puff was getting one figure amount was like, Yeah, big, you getting this. And the number that he said, I was just kind of like, Well, that ain't shit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So to a certain point, you do get um exploited. Unfortunately. Tupac with right. Sugar Knight. Yeah, you gotta be <laughs> his gotta little book and shit. Right. It's just crazy. You just gotta be independent on the age of of whenever they start the movies or into music, you gotta have that team around you or that parent around you. That's because some of the parents they get you know they're just so excited for the children once they hear that money. Yeah, we don't know no better. They don't know no better. They just go crazy. Oh, you know, and you don't even realize it. You just signing everything because that money just signing shit without even looking. Yeah, right. And Mm -hmm. you getting gypped. You gotta have a team around you. And if as a parent, if you don't know, take that money and invest in a in a in a lawyer, entertainment lawyer, something that can help guide you because. You know, you yes, you want the best for your child, but I know I don't know a damn thing about the music industry or the movie industry. So I need to surround myself and make sure my kid is good to make sure that I have that proper avenues around them. And if you know, take that money and make sure that they're doing what they gotta do. Period. All right. When I think about exploitation, I feel like like, you know, there's a lot of people that that obviously make it up in the rack game, people of color. And you know, they sign other artists or whatever, and that 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 works out dope um a lot of times, but there's sometimes where it's like is, you know, there's a lot of artists that's complaining and it's like at the end of the day, artists are giving out the same deals that, that the labels are. And it's like, they're not doing any better to like kind of help other people. So it's like, they're taking advantage of just like any old head in the, in the, in the record label or whatnot. So that's something I think about as well. Like the, the game still ain't changed when you think about it from the past. And now like people still handing out these same BS contracts. You know, I think we, I think we laughed when we heard about how Burbank oh, it was giving out like, like BS paper contracts from like back in the day that I like, it was just crazy looking. Like it wasn't professional at all since, since, since that degree, but it, like it still goes on is what yeah. I'm trying to say. There was talk about Meg the Stallion having a bad contract too with the first guy that she was with, right? Did you guys hear that? I did hear about that. He he had a rebuttal saying that contract was dope, but I think Rock Nation was getting in the air, something like that. that was, it was just some crazy mess going like at that time. I think that she got out of it though. Um, clearly yeah. but yeah I think that does go to say that like I think it's it's not even on the parents I feel like it's on like the particular star themselves whoever that person is in, in the game or whatnot to kind of get the knowledge themselves you can't really trust nobody because everyone trying to trying to get the bag in in that industry so I feel like it's on you to kind of get that knowledge to like like not just trust your lawyers or your mans but you know verify yourself that's a fact that's I fact. would say lawyer, because a lawyer gonna know way more than I do. But nah, but you know what it is. But some you know lawyers represent like other people as well, and they may have like I don't know. 
I don't feel like it's black and white. Nah, you know what it is. A lot of a lot of dudes who's trying to get to this bag, they not really paying attention to all the the big ass contract that they got them signing. They probably got them signing a hundred pages. Like you ever bought a house? Facts. Like they make you sign a hundred yeah, pages. Yeah, I don't, you don't even, even know what the fuck, fuck I signed with the mortgage. You know what the yes. fuck you signing? I did. It's yeah. like, just signing. Ain't no motherfuckers oh. ain't reading a hundred pages. Yo. And I may not read it. The language, the first couple, and they'll keep that shit the pushing with just auto signatures. It's confusing too. The language is. is very confusing. But when you bought, did they go over it with you, like the paperwork, the person that you had? Yeah, they do. But I mean, if I were to read that by myself, they they tell you what they tell you what it is, but they basically say what it is. Oh, that like right a there, general just overview like, of <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, yeah, that's just, that's just what that is. And you be like, okay, you ain't gonna read it. You just sign it. And a lot of times, that's when you're trying to get to the bag. And you trying to get these millions? You trying to get these M's? The fuck around? You ain't really paying attention to all that. I'm just, I'm, win- I'm trying to win right now. I feel like, like the locks actually the best example of that. Like when they were signing bad boy, that's that's the classic facts. example I think yes. of. Locks terms of exploitation. Yeah. Hell yeah. No more shiny suits. What was they joint though? Was it they had like a three? No niggas was getting raped by Puffy. Puffy was raping them. Yeah, they had they, no they, they had a, a, a deal with um with bad boy, but I think that. P. Diddy held a lot like mastering and publishing rights. So P. Diddy was just getting mad bread off Locks records and Locks wasn't getting none of that. And they had to like scratch and claw to like get out of that deal just so they can get some of those like like them rights back. We you know sit, what I mean? We sit here and we say we want more diversity in ownership and we want more black people owning shit. But here we go with an example of a black person taking advantage of other black people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, P. Diddy so had an interesting counter really, though. Like, you can't, you yeah, can't really it's, it's like it's easy to label him like that, but he had a, a counter where it's like, like he gave you the contract. Oh so it's not like P. Diddy like, like, like snuck some shit to you. Like he get, like he give you paperwork. It's, you, it's on you to read it and be responsible. The niggas for ain't it. read it. They ain't and read it. I don't think that's on, on, like you know, for example, P. Diddy or preser- person on that position in the label. Is that really his responsibility if you didn't take the time to understand it yourself? That's the count that he brought that up, and that is like a good point. Like it's on you to kind of understand that. No shade to anyone who's been caught up, but that is kind of the reality for nowadays. You know, you gotta pay attention. I mean, if you could get somebody for like what, like a hundred grand and on some like sneak contract type shit, who wouldn't try to jump on that? It just when you think about it, like that's just like in terms of how the game works, is the reason why people still do shit like that. You need a damn attorney. That's all the more reason to make sure you got good people around you so you don't catch a bad yep. deal. I think that's Facts. what that's the biggest thing that we not really like focusing on is like if you got someone who has that experience, you want that nigga to be in your corner. Like if I'm buying a crib, I want to be in that room with somebody who, who I trust who's bought a crib before. But like, yo, match, that's crazy. That deal is weak. Don't do that. Yeah, that of percentage course. is too high. Yeah, or yeah. that need clause that. is not going to support you or you need to make sure you have this in there. That community yeah. structure would be like ideal. I mean, that's what you need in any type of juncture. You need that in any type of agreement that you go in there with somebody. You want some truth without search. Somebody needs to advise you because you don't know everything. You're never going to know everything, no matter what it is that you're doing. Someone's going to have to give you some guidance. Every master has a master. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. No, I feel you. I, I do want to touch on the topic that I think, I don't I think it was Shake that said, you know, sometimes it's the black people that are exploiting our own people. That is true, but it may be the same deal that you would have got at Interscope is the same deal that you're getting from the little hood manager too, with the badass contract. You know that the contracts are very similar. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So I don't want to just throw all black, you know, people under the bus that are handing out these contracts. They, yeah, they're they're Not fucked up all. contracts. They're fucked Not up contracts, but did, they're the same thing be- that Interscope and LaFace and all these other big art, um, you know, companies are giving people. You know, and to be of honest course, with you, yeah. um, 
Um, Puffy did make good on that contract, and he he did give them back a lot of money that he took from them. So Puffy yeah. made good, and he was she was robbing them at first, but he definitely made it right. And I remember that when they went on the radio and they confronted Puffy on the radio. I think that's what it took. But when they did right. that, Puffy gave them back their rights. He gave them a lot of money. They were they were extremely happy with what they what he gave them. Yeah, it, it was not public at that point though. Like there was a lot of buzz around yeah. that shit. So I'm glad that they mm-hmm. did that did get worked out. And they and they actually did it around the time when he was releasing Biggie duets. So you know he he, uh, he was he was to make a lot of money off of that. So yeah. he didn't want the bad press. Exactly. Bad I mean, press, my nigga. That I was like you. ten years in after he was already raping Total, raping fucking yeah. One Twelve, <laughs> raping all these other niggas. That nigga been raping niggas for generations. Back. This this thing Locks was respected. Like that wasn't like it wasn't yeah, some no name group or yo, whatever. They it was heavy in terms of like Mace, ask Mace how long he been fighting for his masters. All right, literally, I think yeah. Mace been fighting for his masters for generations. All right, this nigga Puff ain't just because <laughs> Biggie duets came out. He's like, oh, you know what? Now I'm gonna get these niggas back. They shit. Hey, Puff was like, yo, press, bro. Stop crying. Press. Stop crying. Yeah, on a, take this little bit the of money. Niggas went on the radio. They were like, your career is pretty much on its way they out. Did go on take the radio this little bit of royalties on your way out. Go ahead. This nigga Puff is yeah, a, a lot of people did vampire. that. TLC did it at an award show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I want to say something that, that's coming up for me is that we are just so eager to get out of our community, to make a better life, that we're willing to do anything to get out. Um, this speaks to, to that, but both. to me, I joined the military at 17. I, tr- I signed those contracts, made my mom sign this paperwork saying that I could you know, speak for myself at 17 and join the military because I was just eager to get out of my community and make a better life for myself. I wanted to have my own income and you know, they were targeting people in underrepresented communities when they were mm. looking to enlist soldiers, just like That's they're, that. you know, going after these young c- celebrities with amazing talent and just giving them these crazy contracts. And we don't even understand what we're doing, but we're so willing to do it because we're just doing any, by any means necessary. And a lot of them said shit. Or the immediate money anything. made available. Like sometimes yeah, like, like an advance, like Vance will pretty much sign the deal right there. That's what gets you that advance. Mm-hmm. Once they give you that advance, you're like, like, yo, 10K, I'm 10K, like, 100K, like, whatever. Like, money yeah, in like, I'm in. Uh, you yeah. don't understand I'm what in. an advance means. That's why. You really yeah. don't understand it. That's not just your money. Like, that's... Right, you got to work for that back. You know? Once you get that advance in your hand, yeah. you're like, all right, now this is going to get me started. I can give me a little You got to make it back. Like, you have to understand the fine print and everything. Yeah. That's what catches them. I learned that about credit cards mad early. I think... Hell yeah. Niggas approved me for, like... 15 grand at like 18 or some shit like that. And I, I shit you not, I bought everybody gifts for like years. And then I, I didn't know like you had to Tell like me about it. pay that, pay that back. <laughs> oh no. That shit crazy. They got me that in college, bro. They, they got me in college, you know, in them little stands where you just, you know, walking past and you wow. wait to class or whatever. So I got one or two thinking it's no big And they want you to sign deal. up. Yeah, you and I'm just swiping. Me. You know, I'm paying off the debt. Like, it's, um, but then I, you know, some, some shit happens, and I gotta swipe some more. And that motherfucker's adding up, and that's how it happens. Interest, like that's what like, I, I hear. Pay, I gotta pay my shit off. Interest but. rate, interest rate, crazy out the ass. I hear they get a lot of people. In terms college. of exploitation, I learned my lesson. Yeah. Like, they got I calculated. Oh. I, yeah, but crazy. I never had even. But you're right, Boogie, because I always heard that that they get a lot of people in college, and I never had a credit card until I started work, which is crazy for some people. Like, I never had yeah. a credit card. Mm-hmm. Until I like I never had working. bad debt, but I always thought about like when I paid off my I had I had debt and like student loans or whatever. 
But when I paid off my student loans and I looked at how much interest that they made off me during the duration of that student that loans, that's when I figured out the game. And I was like, yeah, I can never be caught up in that again. Because that was that was good thousands of dollars they got over the years. Oh, Easy. please. With me too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt like I had rapping money. <laughs> that's, that's, all I, that's all I know. I know they made bank. It was pimps, the, um, the fucking loan companies. They made bank off me. Oh, yeah, because that interest uh, rate killed you. That interest rate, they just, oh, yeah. just adding up and adding up. And here you think you're putting a damn dent. And when you're really paying, you got to put pay towards the damn principal. Because you don't pay towards that principal, that shit ain't touching your principal. <laughs> Even student loans and shit like that, too. Hell, yeah. You came fresh out of college signing a 360 deal, nigga. You was already getting puffy raped. Them, them niggas is puffy raping you out of college, right, right nigga. Mo, That's what them studio loans money, did to me, I realized. Money, I thought them loans was a blessing, but them loans is, is the devil in disguise. They they come back when it's time to pay them. Raping you, raping you, raping you. One good thing about student loans, I don't know, if, this is why financial in- education is really a good credit. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, It does. It does not look bad on your credit. As long as you're not, you know, if you're either deferring payments and it's like a legal deferment, as long as you're not just like letting it go completely, it mm-hmm. doesn't negatively affect your credit, even though you have like a, 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 a high Don't believe him. Don't believe him, kids. Don't believe him, kids. Don't no, go to school. Do. Fuck that school Word, shit. Don't go to school. Credit. Don't believe him. Fuck that school does. shit. No, I'm dead serious, man. That's not the way I'm trying to build my credit. <laughs> Word. No, I get it. Nah, nigga. I mean, that is like my, my credit is high because of what the way TJ said, Mine like no too. no doubt. But in terms of like the game, in terms of how like like how they make their money off the loans, like when I saw how much money they was they was making yeah. over the years, that's mm-hmm. like the reality check kind of came in at that point, like the facts on paper. Um, but yeah. not nah, TJ, you spitting real facts, it's real shit. No. My credit good. <laughs> Mine too. No, it 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 totally is. We don't really understand how credit works because we don't have that financial literacy at that age. Like I was told. All credit cards are bad. Don't get a credit card because of shit like what, you know, Flash did with his shit. You know what I mean? Just thought it was free money. You know, you needed education to back that up. Um, And when you lack that, that's when you make the bad, the poor decisions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, When I got, yeah, when I got credit, I thought this is like the government's way of saying we're giving back to you. So, so that's why I was spending. That's why we need education. It feel like it, right? Look, look, paperwork is coming into the house. I'm thinking they just thanking me for like, being a, a valued member of some shit. Like they be sending these little for points up. and shit like that. Like, yeah, you know I mean, buy buy like buy five dollars worth of this, get ten points over that or some dumb shit like that. Shout out they, to my nigga they, C Roy. Okay, okay, but okay, fly. No, no, I was gonna say when niggas sent me that collection letter, I knew the shit was real. That's all. That shit is real. And they get aggressive at that point. I just wanna recap that. Like, that is definitely exploitation. Sending Credit card um, offers yeah. to a high school to a seventeen-year-old. That is completely yeah, exploitation. Of course, it is. Like Absolutely. it's it's marketing, it's strategy, it's exploitation. Because they don't, of course, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. That's where exactly. they park outside the colleges as well. Like they're not advertising, but they right there in case someone want to walk to them or whatever for a credit card yep. application. Facts. Oh, so they're in the stuff. malls asking you, "Hey, come on over, come sign up." Where do little kids go? Our Kelly knows. Department you know, stores do it to you too. Victoria's Secret got mad chicks in debt. Mm. Yeah, but those cards also help build your credit if you're doing it the right way. So you need the education, you know. You know, um, the military parked outside of poverty-stricken high schools to get kids, you know, right out of high school to join. It's a part of their marketing strategy, you know. It's a part of their quota. It's, is it exploitation? Some people may say yes. Yeah. Mm. I was going to switch it to something like positive, more constructive. I feel like I've been pessimistic in terms of like the overall questions I've been asking, but not this. So 
Although people of color have paved the way in fashion, art, and entertainment, we are still not in ownership positions in many of these areas. Where do you think Black people should have the most ownership, if possible? I don't particularly feel like there's a specific place where they should have more or less. I just feel like we need to be represented everywhere. Women need to be represented everywhere, and Black people need to be represented everywhere. Um, I think diversity just needs to be represented everywhere, period. There just needs to be diversity and ownership in every area. And that's LGBT too, for me, you know? I think about the NBA as someone who watched the NBA, and I know that gets a lot of viewership. I feel like there was a lot of Black ownership there. I feel like there would be a lot of uh, better messaging since a lot of the youth watches the NBA as well. Like, So I feel like there'd be better education through that system because there'd be Black owners kind of monitoring it and kind of putting that message out there. Like just helping to uplift the community because you know there's NBA, so many millions of youth that watches the NBA every year or whatever. So I feel like they can help educate them on educate them on black cultures kind of subconsciously through the NBA since there's no black owners in that position. You know what? Just to touch on that, um, I know that, yeah, people that watch the NBA is is big, but filling the seats in the arenas are the big money, in my opinion. Mm. Um, and a lot of times those seats are buy there. a hot dog in one of them shits, nigga. That's the money. Nigga, they get you on everything else. Oh, yeah. you mean the concessions? Hell yeah. Them niggas is cake. <laughs> I have a, I had a girlfriend that worked for the NBA and um, she was a part of the WNBA division and like selling the seats was like, that was the goal. And it was really expensive. And be honest, like it wasn't our people buying the season tickets. It wasn't a lot of our people buying the boxes. You know what I'm saying? And that's where the money, you know, like that's what brings in the revenue for the teams a lot of the time. Yes, advertisements do and people watching at home to influence the culture, but really it was, you know, selling out these arenas. More people to buy hot dogs. What's what you were talking about, TJ? That was basketball. Cause I'm thinking about like 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 Lakers or or the Clippers during playoffs. Like I I, I don't know if they having trouble filling seats during that during that time. I could imagine like the, the Bobcats or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean they're not having trouble Buying, um, filling the seats because they're popular, but those seats are not cheap. Like that's not for the regular kid that lives in the Bronx that the parents don't have it like that to go see the to see the game. You get what I'm yeah. saying? That that's what I'm trying to say. Because you said what you made a comment, Boogie, that said you know like for the community, right? Like for the little, I mean, like the, not even like people who watching. come to the games in person, but people who watch it on TV or just involved the NBA through other programs like their games or mobile apps, whatever. Like NBA reaches a lot in a lot of areas. So that's why I'm thinking like if there was just, you know, black owners in that position, it's like so, there's yo, gonna be a feedback on that, like a positive feedback. I wanna piggyback on what Boogie was just saying, just to give more context to the listeners and the team in general. Mm-hmm. In 2013, 76% of the NBA players were African American. A fraction of the NBA players uh strength to management. Uh four forty four point three percent of NBA coaches are black is compared with 2% of ownership. It says <laughs> of the 49 majority owners, Michael Jordan of the Charlotte Bobcats is the only person of color. So that means out of 49 teams, there's only one black owner. And it, wow. they're, and that's just that's NBA. Great. Now, when you talk about the NFL, there are no black NFL. owners in the NFL. NFL. Zero. There are 97. Or, or racing. Hold on, wait. I'm going to give you the data. 97% Ownership of, of NFL teams is white. 3% is Asian. In baseball, 98% is white. Two Latino. No blacks. No Asians. Like, wow. And that's just an idea of, of ownership versus participation. 
data wise. Mm-hmm. And this is this is wow. from uh what's this five thirty eight? This is a uh, by Mona Shalib, and she wrote this article in two thousand fourteen. Just a that, those numbers. Actually, she going to like the player percentage. That 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 number changes. I mean, that has changed now because we know that you know Jay Z is partial owner of uh what what. I don't even know if that's. I don't even know if he's, that's he's true. Not, he he he's he not, sold that. Yeah. Oh, he did. That might he, be he was, but he he sold that. Wow. Okay. My nigga was in and out. <laughs> he did his thing and brought him up. I know that generated mad buzz when he when he signed when he when he got that right, deal. Right, but Mash made a good point. Out of all, all the you know majority of the players, like you said. In the um, NBA, are African American players, and only so out of what forty, like you said, forty nine, one owner is black. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That is very crazy. That's like working at a company with all black people, and all the managers are white. They don't really understand you. They don't understand your culture. They don't understand what what you're experiencing. You know, like in order yeah. to like create the the laws or rules that would support you or you know your community. Right. You want another wild example of exploitation and just take it off a of race, for example? When you think about like yeah. college collegiate sports and you think about oh, the, forget the, it. the yes. revenue generated oh, yeah. from collegiate sports. Yes, they get the, nothing. And those kids get damn near Legally. like Zero. food vouchers and shit. <laughs> they busting their ass for exactly. a multi-billion dollar industry and they are getting yes. nothing. Maybe free room and board. Nothing. But they get money off of jerseys. They get money off of advertisements. They get money off of filling the seats. They get money off of, like you would, you know what I mean? Coming from New York City, born and raised, I didn't ever attend a university, a collegiate university, but you actually sell tickets to people who live in the town. Like there's like a real stadium, like literal people coming in just yes. to buy and participate. Like mad money's created and none of it goes back to the players. They are exploited like crazy. Yeah. And not even supported because you hear about how they get injuries and stuff like that and they're just done. They don't even get like insurance to help them throughout that. Oh, talk about your experience, Mo. Yes, even with me running, tri- yeah, you got a full While scholarship. I went to HBCU, yeah, I went to HBCU. I had a scholarship to run track. At that time, it was a college. Now it's called it's Saint Ours University now, and the track team brings a lot of revenue in a for revenue. that school because mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. um you know in in a t- in a school that I went to is called CIAA, and we were CIAA champions. Okay. One slight flex, slight flex. You know, like you said, we don't. Yeah, we don't you know, it. you get the uniform for free. You get, you know, shoes and stuff like that. But you don't get like we're not getting monetary compensated. Like yeah, when we go away to these meets, yeah, you get you know your food stuff paid for and everything. But once again, and then you got to think about it. Like I mean, now in the NBA, yes, your main goal is just to focus on playing ball. But when you're in a collegiate school, you have to focus on your grades because once your grades slip, you on academic yeah. probation, you can't participate in any sports you have to focus on that focus on your health trying not to get hurt it's so many talk about when you that, got injured Mo, yeah so many yeah so many things that happened and i know like for me when i went out there on a scholarship and i left i, I left off of a scholarship <laughs> okay i went down there with a scholarship and graduated without one because i got hurt you get what i injured so that's crazy to um, think about like shit like March Madness. I know that generates a lot of buzz. I don't even watch college ball like that, but I thought players get some bread. That's fucking and nuts. That's, and that's why for people, you know, which which is why I say, in, in my opinion, if you are doing a sport, sometimes it is good because some people just go straight to the sport, like from high school straight into the to the sport itself. For me, I think it's good to go to college because if I didn't have brains, you know what I mean? Even though I got hurt, I still was I was still able to you know, get my education. But once you get hurt, that's it. Like, what do you have to fall back on? 
Especially if you okay. really, you I know, also feel like this should be right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like this should be like a, something, like a clause in the contract for people like you, Mo, that you committed yourself to the school. You're you're playing for them. It's generating revenue, and you got injured sophomore year, and then you had to come up out of your pocket to pay for an out of state school. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like your goal was to get a free ride, mm-hmm. so they should be able to pay for your remaining two years because you got injured in the in the sport mm-hmm. you know like that is how a lot of our people are exploited or people are exploited you know these college players playing an um sport a sport like football that is you know very injury prone and then they get injured freshman sophomore year some of them are like paralyzed and shit and don't get any medical coverage you know like the people in the, they, they did a documentary. They showed like people working in the hot dog stand in for those universities. If they fell and whatever, they would get coverage for the rest of their lives or whatever. But the players did not like they're injured and they're not getting any support after that, you know? So there should be that's a crazy. clause because that's like complete exploitation. Right. There should mm-hmm. definitely be a clause to support crazy. them to prevent exploitation in that sense. No, nah, that's facts. And I'm going to hit it off with the last question. And that question is, with Black people being more representative in media and movies, do you feel that we now get the proper recognition and respect due to us? And if not, what do you, what do you feel else it takes to try to get, or at least get a start on getting proper recognition and respect? Oh, this is a good one. So for me, I'm going to just answer this real quick. Sorry, guys. I'm like on a roll right now. This is okay. good, yeah, Bugs. Go ahead. You got Thank you, Bugs. So um, I don't feel like we're represented that well. There's a lot of typecasting. So if you fit the role of a crackhead or a prostitute or a pimp or, you know, the big fat grandma that's cooking all the ham hocks and all the unhealthy shit and then dies at the end of the movie from diabetes, you know, like typecast shit, I don't I don't really uh, like or agree with or um, for our people to play those roles. I think it's very important for us to have black directors and black writers and put out stories that are going to uplift the community like Black Panther. That's an amazing one. Seeing like movies about like the past, like the one about um, the Black Panther that's coming out soon. Regina King, she recently did a movie about on One Night in Miami, I think is what it's called. And it's a whole bunch of different black celebrities at the time. She is a black actress that became a director. So she comes from a different view and she's trying to show, you know, like a different view. So I feel like there needs to be a seat at the table for us to start to promote that and promote these different roles and different like thought processes to come out to support the community in entertainment. Yeah, I'm gonna jump in. I'm complete. Yeah, so really quick. So um, I feel like we are being recognized more now than we have been before. Obviously it could be better. There is a lot of more African-American um, producers and actors and actresses. The only, for me, the one thing that I wish that we can do better at is anytime there is a actor or actress who is of a different descent. Let's just, I'm using an example of a, for instance, of a Caribbean descent, like a Jamaican. I want them mm-hmm. to find an actual Jamaican person to play that role. Because that irks me because you're putting on a fake accent and you sound crazy. 
You know, like Tay Diggs, mm-hmm. yes. Okay, Tay Diggs, yes. And and Stella and how Stella got her groove back. Like in my opinion, you in no way, shape, or form sounded like a Caribbean or Jamaican man that I that I know. My mother's Jamaican, so we in find a, find, a, find a Jamaican <laughs> find a Jamaican actor find a Jamaican actor. If you if if, if you're Hispanic, why do you have to portray a, a, a white guy? Find a Hispanic actor. If you're you know what I mean. That's my that that's my only thing that I would like us to be creative with and go outside the box. Look for the look for the or give these actor or actresses a chance who are from new actresses a chance yes yeah, you give them a chance, like a new actress you, a chance. What, what you're saying mm-hmm. mo and it's like i respect it but there's a part of me that's like you know i like comedians who like who have like one accent but could like could do a little comedy routine in terms of another accent whatever and i don't look at that as shade if they could like I mean, have you ever, do that well in terms of a movie role have you or ever whatever. heard my nigga string a bell hold on like in remember a string a bell yeah, yeah like you know saying. what i mean that's a good fucking example man those people that could do act i that sound well. That's I'm talking about the people that could do it. Like Idris Elba. Idris Elba could flip instantly. He has. He's from yes, England. He sounds good. He's he from England, but he can speak. You would never know he's from he's from England because he he got that down pat. And that's what I'm saying. If it's an actor like that, absolutely. I'm talking about the people. So that it gotta sound be a quality actor. You ain't gotta be a quality like, actor, right? That's what I'm saying. Like like quality work, you. right? Like and that's why I'm bringing up Idris Elba because to me, amazing. Though and when when he naturally talks, he has a very heavy accent. However, when he acts and he has to and he has to speak regular, to me, that's I, I think that's amazing. It. He can switch it instantly yeah. and you would never know. An actor like that to me, absolutely. Yes. Somebody that could do different um accents and stuff like that. Absolutely. But I'm talking about the people who are just no. Absolutely. Like, you you know why like, they do that though, Mo. They do that because Tay Diggs is gonna sell tickets. You know, if they I, do right. a, a a popular person, it's gonna sell tickets. That's fine. Well, I agree with you. They need I to agree. get a new some no, a new no, person okay. no problem. that then, is going to play the role. Right. Or keep Tay Diggs with and a, let him go to a accent. dialect class. So as far as as far as Tay Diggs, I, I like I, you know, yes, he's going to sell more tickets, but get him the proper um, dialect and coaching for that particular accent that he's trying to portray. That's just my, you know, no shade. Uh, I feel you. <laughs> or just give a new person a, the role. Or give a new give person somebody else the opportunity. Give somebody the opportunity. Yeah, yeah we can... do a lot of that in the community where we want to stick right. to the same. Okay, Angela Bassett, Angela Bassett, and I love Angela Bassett, but give somebody new and upcoming the role. Tay Diggs wasn't that popular when he first came out. Like, he wasn't like a big time actor. Well, that's when, my I think point. Stella got, they, Stella got her groove back was his big break, to be honest exactly, with you. Exactly, exactly. That was the first time I was found, speaking to the fact so that they could have found like, a, a regular acting wasn't person. like, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's or get true. more more authenticity in casting. Yeah, I think about shows like it's like Insecure or Queen and Slim. I feel like shows like that are like coming along in terms of like quality class, like casting and like just proper representation of just people in general, especially people of color. I feel like I hope like to see things like that. I mean, in the future where there's there's clearly people that's of color in that's working in the film and also behind the scenes as well. Um, just evolved in all aspects. So that that's something I hope to see more of. I recently listened to, I recently watched the photograph. Uh, you guys ever seen it before? Yeah, photograph? I like that, John. Yeah. Okay. Heard right, so, it. so the photograph. Sound, had, soundtrack is fire. Right. Photograph had Issa Rae and um, Homeboy from Get Out, the dude who got hypnotized and he was stuck in the, stuck in the, uh, in Black the white, Panther, white yeah. people of the world. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 not him. No, nah, not him. Not the dude nah, who got hypnotized. No, he was hypnotized. in Black Panther. He was, um, Walking late, walking dead lady's wife. Nah, I'm talking. I'm talking about the friend, the guy who got hypnotized and yeah, was with the white chick ATL. when he pulled up to the joint. Yeah, the dude from ATL. Boom, here we go. Whoa, so anyway, whoa, bro, well, you said that was the, the photograph. Yeah, oh, yeah the photograph was, was yeah, with Issa Rae. 
With Did Issa Rae. Whatever that guy's name. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, show him. So anyway, yeah. the movie itself had, um, it didn't have no drug dealers in it. It ain't had no drug dealers in it. It ain't have no impoverished black people. It didn't have no baby mama drama. It had a whole black family. It had a whole yeah. uh, unit. It was funny. It, it didn't give me the impression that, you know, we was in a struggle. I like that type no of representation. They like had that? jobs. They had new jobs. They was out here deciding if they wanted to, well, they were, she was a curator. She had a good job, you know what I mean, in terms of like business. Or something like that, right? Well, yeah, but I'm saying like, I feel like for that, for me, that movie was a modern day Love Jones. Because Love Jones was similar. Mm. They both was professional. They both had the industry. There was no drugs. There was none of that. You know, I feel like that was another good form of representation as far as black people goes, because we all don't have that same story. We all don't come from the struggle. You know what I mean? Some people got regular lives and, you know, they doing all right. And that's fine. We should we should be able to talk about that as a collective and be appreciative of that, you know. But that that's the type of representation I like. So the photograph, I fuck with that movie. I like that shit a lot. I thought it was a really nice story. Even though the chemistry was trash between Issa and the dude, like, I didn't feel like they really liked each other, liked each other. Like, the intimacy, maybe because Issa's weird as shit. But... Good fucking movie. You should check that shit out. That's yeah. a good one. I, I, I know know one thing. One thing that um that I like that um one of the bigger award joints, the Oscars, what they did. I don't know if y'all heard, but like they did a thing where it's like, in order for a film to be called a film now, like they got to have like at least two leadership positions from somebody from like an underrepresented group, and like even like they the the cast or the crew or whatnot, they have to have a certain amount of diverse population for the cast. So like all the new movies interesting. yeah that interesting yeah i, I want to like damn I, I hate to ask a question but, but, but it's like if you had to like if there was a movie where like for some odd reason where the majority of the cast is white and it like you kind of needed to tell that kind of story is it possible to tell that kind of story and it'd be dope because it's just mostly white people in it well we're not talking like, about when, the, when you think we, about we, like, we, like we, standards like that in terms just, of like like we're not like talking about just the movie we talking about the the people who who are even producing the movie, even for a film, like even if you want to tell a story of a white family, that's even fine. if it's like stunt like stunt doubles and all that too, or something like that, like even that count, or it has to be like, do they have to be cameraman, like primarily involved in the development of right, the film? Right, the cameraman, the directors, the people who work in the background for making sound, the film. Lights. Yeah, so yeah, so if you're not, so if they Casting. don't have, if you don't have, if you don't have enough representation, whether it's from the cast or from the um the people who are working in the in in the background production. who you don't see the production right then they are no longer calling it a film and i agree with something like that that's wholeheartedly because yeah i, I just that's thought that dope. was dope so i dated a few people in the entertainment industry that work like behind the scenes and they'll tell you that there's not a lot of diversity and a lot of the white people like are you know the directors and then they have their families working with them you don't really mm-hmm. need I'm not going to say you don't need a degree, but that you really kind of don't need a degree to do mm-hmm. a lot of the jobs. It's all based on experience and stuff like that. And how can you get into it's it? It's not what you know, it's who you know. It is, totally. Uh, like Jimmy Kimmel's you- daughter already got a cameo in the WandaVision show, and it's only because she's connected to Jimmy Kimmel. She's like, like two, there three, There you like go. That. And so that is what takes over in those industries. I mean, if you, and I, and I don't want to take it away from media, but mm-hmm. when you go to like the fire department, why was it all only just Irish people? Because they were only having their, you know, their family members apply for the jobs and get the positions. And that's why there was no diversity. So I, I love the fact that the entertainment community is doing this when they're, you know, judging these movies. There should push 
They should push for diversities and open the door so that multiple people can come in and take these seats. Even though they take the seats, it doesn't mean that they're in management positions. Like I know a lot of people that are, you know, in this industry, but they're not even directors or anything like that, you know? And that's important to have, to be in the leadership roles. Yeah. One thing I see also from like the side of tech, and this is also like one of the reasons why I, I love to get in on this scene is because they actually have a push to say like, yo, we want more diversity amongst like women, people of color and, you know, whoever else to be part of like these bigger corporations or these bigger companies that are having to say for like most of the United States or, or influence, I should say, over the United States. And, you know, that push for me is is a reason why I want to actually, no, I should say um, I want to see tech with, like I said, more representation. That's one of the biggest things that I feel mm. needs more space for like mm. black people. Absolutely. And there's a big wave of that. I mean, there was black girls who code. So now they're yeah. now investing in young black people, black women that are not in computer science. You know, they're pushing women yeah. to go into nursing and, you know, other other fields or whatever. But yeah, that there should be a push for our people to be in tech and all these other things and not just these regular jobs. And there's nothing against regular jobs. But, There's more opportunities out there. You know, there. like being a nurse, working at the post nah, office. I got a lot against regular you know, jobs. Like, I got a lot against regular jobs. Regular jobs are trash. They're just, they're just regular jobs are trash. They're needed, though. But they're needed. Somebody has to work at McDonald's. They trash. Some people are competent with that kind of structure. There are people that are competent with that kind of nine to five structure. Or how am I going to eat my fries if nobody's working at McDonald's? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so the, the jobs are needed, but I do feel like they should be pushed, you know, or shown different things like unfortunately like and i say this for my own little family not a little family because i know mash you're gonna say something you damn right your family's not, not little my family's not little it's not i little. know that's exactly what he would say right. but for my family <laughs> when i was trying to encourage my nieces and nephews i felt like my niece is like i want to be a nurse why she want to be a nurse because there wasn't much representation in our family of success and I think they see me as a little bit of a success. So she's just like, I want to be a nurse. I want to be like Auntie Tiffany kind of thing. And of course I supported that, but it made me think like they don't have representation of what success mm-hmm. looks like. You know what I'm saying? To you. Um, that they can that's, that's to you. touch. That's, that they can touch. That's to you though. That you know, they, they look at the basketball players. They look at that. And that's, but that you can't touch the basketball player. You can't, you can't okay. talk to that basketball player and the, and, and the, and the rapper. I'm talking about the actual physical person mm-hmm. in your in your yeah. in your family that is doing something, or uh, not even nursing. A just role to say, model okay, she went mentor. to college. Yes, yeah. and she went to college, and she's doing this career. I didn't have anyone in my family that went into coding. I didn't have anyone in my family that went into the entertainment business or that went into you know something else. It was very practical skills, and that speaks to the plight of coming here as a, you know, as an immigrant, right. you know, mm. this was the land of milk and honey. So they were like, you got to get an education to get a good job. And that shit doesn't even exist right now. Mm. You, you don't need an education. There's people mm. making money as entrepreneurs. And that is the the mindset of the 1%, in my opinion. Yep. That is the mindset of the wealthy, not being on the rat race like we are. And exactly. I mean, that. Yeah, I don't want to claim that for us, but I'm just saying Most of us there are. is the rat race of, you know, get go to school, get a good job, and you get this good job, and then you still have to pay off your student loans, and you live in paycheck to paycheck, and that's not the mindset of an entrepreneur. That's not the the mindset of a, of the, of the actual wealthy. 
you know, mm-hmm. not as if those jobs are not good and you can move up the ladder. It's just a whole different world out there right now. So definitely. Um, I'm, I'm done. I'm off the soapbox. Sorry, guys. Uh, no, I appreciate, so appreciate you. Yeah. I'm complete. And with that, everybody, definitely check out the photograph. Um, definitely feel like I'm going to look into that. Check that out if you yeah, me get too. a chance. Mm-hmm. And Thanks, I've been hearing great reviews on Regina King's One, um, one Night in Miami. Like so that. you guys should All check right. that out as well. Check I that out. Check know. that out. And with that, we're going to call it, bring this episode to a close. I want to thank you all for listening. Appreciate everybody. And as usual, follow us on YouTube, your favorite podcast platform, wherever you can get your podcasts at every Wednesday. And that is it from us. We see you next week. And IG. We need our IG followers up, y'all. Follow us on IG. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Follow our IG page to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Everybody be safe and y'all have a good one. Thanks for tuning in to the Sophisticatedly Ratchet podcast. Let us know your thoughts on the episode. Do you agree? Disagree? Tell us how you really feel. Email us at therealsrpodcast at gmail.com. We release new episodes every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please be sure to subscribe and follow us on IG, Twitter, and YouTube. Go to the srpodcast.com to link to all our social media platforms. Don't forget to like and share our episode with your fellow sophisticatedly ratchet friends. See you next Wednesday.